0: Um, So thanks everybody for joining Michael Brandon with Keypoint Partners on
1: behalf of New England Retail Dealmakers Rise and Grind welcome to this morning's program. Um, As all of you know Rise and Grind was formed a couple years ago by Chris McMahon, Evan Eisenhart, Sam Calmerton and myself to provide a platform for dealmakers to facilitate more transaction network and well have a lot of fun. So with that, um, we thank all of you for supporting our platform and thanks to our sponsors, Barlow Signs and Northmark Capital for underwriting us. So uh, today's format's gonna be a little bit different than our usual, we're going for more of a town hall format. Wanna hear what's going on, what people are working on, what's happening out there. We'll start it off with our kind of typical around the floor, everybody who said they wanted to present. Um, we'll have time to do that. We want to hear about new deals, new transactions, um, new tenant requirements, as the case may be, and then we'll kind of turn it over at the end to see what people are doing out there, what we're hearing, what we're, we, what are we seeing? See what we can learn from one another. So with that, I will start it off and. Um, Let's see, I've got a lease with Dollar Tree in Burlington, that's about 7,000 square feet that should be signed within the next 48 hours. That was a long train coming. And then um, Bueno Isano is a seven restaurant, I'll call it chain based in Western Mass. I think their closest location to here is in Acton. And they're about to sign a lease in Springfield Mass with Stop and Shop. And then um, uh, one new listing, one new tenant requirement. Uh, new listing, the Plains Mall in Milford, which is a big Y anchored shopping center with um, a liquor store, a, a Walgreens on a pad, an IHOP, a Valvoline, and a bunch of other opportunities. There's about 6,800 square feet in line, as well as the Rite Aid that's on a pad that is presently being used as a COVID testing center that we can recapture within the next two or three years. Great opportunity if anybody's out there. And then we've got uh, former Supercuts in line as well that's about 1600 feet. And I'll be bringing this to market within the next week. And then tenant requirement wise, uh, I'll announce this probably in an email blast shortly, but a, a laser medical Spa company, corporately owned stores, 2,000 square feet, good open to buy program, probably put out four deals next year, probably have an appetite to do a couple, um, if I can get them done in time, before the end of 2020. That's pretty exciting. Love to see uh, new opportunities and see a lot of great clips and haircutteries that are on the market that could be a good fit. Uh, that is it for me, Steve. Are you on, Steve Patton? If you are, you're on here by phone number. See if I can Michael go. that uh,
2: Laser Medical Spa is that Greater Boston? You're looking for? Yep,
1: um, throughout Mass. Okay. Doctor of or Sam? Hint, hint.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say.
1: So, um, All right, I don't see Steve Patton unmuting himself. Vivian, do you want to go? We are not hearing you, Vivian.
3: Oh, sorry, hi. Yeah. <laughs> you good. Now. Okay, good. Hi, I'm Vivian and I'm with Wilder. I want to focus on Wayside at Burlington Mass. It is one of our premier shopping centers. We have around 30 tenants there. Uh, Some of the tenants are West Elm, Elbean, Season 52, Lane Bryant. Um, We have a few vacancies or opportunities that are opening up. Uh, A couple plug and play. One of them is a prior bank space that is 5,800 square feet. Great for any bank or anything. Office has already segmented offices in it. Um, we also have a prior nail salon space. Maybe someone knows a nail salon here, send them our way. It has ventilation, has all the plumbing, everything's in there. It's 2,100 square feet. All the small shops range from 2,100 to 8,000 square feet. We also are getting back our oak furniture space, which is 16,500 square feet, and we can go up to 25,000 square feet. So, a really great opportunity for a co-anchor to be with Al Bean. Um, so there's that coming online. And I also wanted to touch, to touch on quickly with Arsenal Yards. You guys are all probably familiar with Arsenal Yards and Watertown, Mass. We're developing it currently right now. Uh, we're sort of going through our phase opening and next year by fall, we should pretty much be open. We are looking right now for small shop tenants for our building C and D, which is right in the middle. And they're not quite, they're getting constructed right now. They should be open by June, midsummer next year. we are looking any small shops, retail, anything like that, yeah, pretty much like, yeah, clothing, boutiques, <laughs> local, <laughs> trendy would be great. I'm all good. Oh, and if you wanted something that's interesting, what's really interesting with this time, last year at this time versus this year, I'm getting a crazy amount of inquiries. I mean, particularly through Lupinet, but and I would say maybe like triple the amount of inquiries. I get, I mean, a handful every day, which is pretty good comparison to before. That's good. Yeah, I am all set. If you have any questions.
4: Sure, I'd be happy to. So, interesting updates from both of you so far. Thanks for uh, sharing some of that info and, um, good stuff going on agreed on loopnet it's um maybe pent up demand yeah. i don't i don't know uh but we're seeing a lot of yeah. that too so costar loopnet continues to rule with their monopoly of yeah. uh <laughs> listings so necessary email. i don't
3: have an agenda actually <laughs>
4: <laughs> good um but it is all great. right so a couple things i i love the idea of going through Um, you know, what we're all seeing out there. And I'm looking forward to that after we we run through um, because I do have some ideas to share on that. But in terms of some new deals and new listings and new space uh, that we have going on, uh, one uh, new deal that I wanted to share, which was a long time in the making, maybe longer than your Dollar Tree deal, Michael, uh, (laughs) is the Bar Harbor Bank and Trust that we just got done in Bedford, New Hampshire. Um, We actually were able to put them on a pad out in front of the a Hannaford supermarket right at the main intersection there on South River Road um, it's really interesting deal because it used to be stop and shops gasoline pad um, and when Hannaford took over stop and shop they got rid of the gas pad and Hannaford like didn't want to develop this site because they wanted the visibility so we ended up really having to convince Hannaford like hey this would be good for the center bring in a community bank and so forth so it, it took a long time to get there but Now it's done and they're under construction. It's gonna be a 2,500 square foot uh, bank branch. Um, That company, Bar Harbor Bank, bought another bank recently and they are uh, in growth mode, it seems, and their broker is Richard Pila, if anybody um, needs that contact. Um, Another deal to just mention is in Franklin, Massachusetts. Um, We've been working on breaking up a former Bob's store box for uh, about a year and a half now and and we've been successful with altitude trampoline dollar tree um, who both took big spaces and then we just signed um, another lease with pet supplies plus uh, who's going to take 7,000 square feet so we're pretty much done we just have one uh, 2,500 square foot space left there as part of that big box breakup so it was a fun 50,000 square foot project and um, I think we've got a good, well-rounded tenant mix. Pet Supplies Plus um, works with Buy Low. Um, If anybody's looking for a contact there, this was a franchisee that uh, that did that deal. Um, And then a couple new listings, uh, Holbrook, Massachusetts. We have a client that just bought a center there. It's a tractor supply, a Dollar Tree, and a family dollar with a Santander up front. We have a 2,000 square foot end cap with drive-through that would be suitable for fast food restaurant, coffee, retail, service, you know, really whatever, multiple, multiple uses, but it was an old grocery store that got converted uh, for these um, three tenants so far. Um, And it's a really good, interesting location. So uh, we'd love to have uh, a deal come out of Rise and Grind for that space. Um, And then just one more thing I'll throw out there, which is a requirement that we have for large box retail spaces. Uh, we do have a client that's looking to buy. Uh, we've closed several transactions with them recently, uh, anywhere from 40,000 square feet up to 100,000 square feet, and they're building climate controlled self-storage uh, and they are looking in retail areas. So please keep that in mind if, uh, if you have a space that uh, is vacant and you don't see a future uh, for it with uh, traditional retail. Uh, that's it for me.
5: Can you hear me, Michael? Sure can. Okay. We are offering a, uh, the Learning Experience Daycare Center in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Uh, brand new construction. The space was delivered to the tenant last month. Uh, they should be opening and paying rent sometime late September, early October. Spoke with the developer yesterday, and they are not planning on having any delay on an opening. 15-year um, base term paying 390000 a year triple net. It's priced at a six and three-quarter cap. Um, Glastonbury, Connecticut, for anybody that doesn't know, is a um, wealthy population of Hartford suburb. Um, so it's it's ready. Um, beautiful construction. Good area of uh, Glastonbury. Anybody has any interest, let me know. I'll be happy to send information. Steve Patton with the Proto Group.
6: Hello everybody, hope once again everyone's doing well out there, enjoying this late summer slash fall temperatures. Um, no real new deals to announce since we've kind of just been mar- monitoring the market and seeing what's going on. But we are still an avid buyer out there. Um, we're not looking to buy just kind of any deal now, though. these days it really is going to have to be something special um, and worthwhile to buy. Uh, preferably in the Brookline, Newton, Cambridge area. Uh, minimum deal size, $5 million, no real maximum. Um, and we're still motivated and ready to go out there and do deals so we can uh, have some new spaces for everybody at least. So that's about all I have to update right now.
0: Right, Andrew, let's let's hear it. Hey everyone. Um, I'd say just uh, two new listings. To the market are actually two former car dealerships. Um, one in Westboro, uh, right off Turnpike, across from RK Stop and Shop Center. Uh, we actually had it on the market before, it sold, but now there is no longer going to be a dealership moving forward there. So we're looking to sell that. It's about 2.6 acres with a 10,000 square foot building on it, um, right at a signalized entrance, so um, a signalized intersection. So it's a great piece of property. And then the other car dealership that we're selling is actually down in Milford, Connecticut, right off Route 1, Bridgeport Avenue. It's a former Buick and GMC dealership. Um, It's about just over three acres and it's got uh, two buildings on it, one about 11,000 and the other one is just under 20,000. So we're bringing those to the market this week. Uh, In terms of new deals, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned them before, but we've been able to, over this kind of weird COVID time, uh, get five Geico deals done. So we've got one in Shrewsbury, uh, one in Chelmsford, one in West Springfield, and another one in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And we're finalizing another deal, at least right now, in the North Providence area. So those guys are active. It's purely based off of you know, uh, a trade area, an agent in that trade area. So they're really selective. And when a new market comes, we we kind of just go ahead. So I'll obviously keep everyone posted on the next new market out there right now. Uh, in terms of just other stuff that I've been, you know, hearing, uh, we were able to complete a Planet fitness deal in Worcester a while back. They're still moving forward. They're going to be Starting construction in the next month or so and plan to open by January of next year. If they have to push it out to March or April, they are going to, but they fully intend on opening, which I think is definitely good news. Uh, Also, in Worcester, we were able to close a deal on the diner pad with uh, Popeyes. I've been seeing them being very active out here, uh, along with the Raising Cane's guys that um, Jono and Janelle and them are running around with as well. Um, other than that, nothing really new or pressing. I'll keep it short and sweet.
2: Everyone, Sam Calmerton and Brixmore Property Group. Hope you're all doing well. Um, two new deals to announce. And I'll talk about the property that both of those deals were at. Um, up in Portland, Maine at Pine Tree Shopping Center, we signed O'Reilly to a 21,000 square foot space. They're, taking, they're doing it like a hub store, um, so a larger footprint than they usually do. At that same shopping center, uh, which is on Brighton Ave, kind of on the Westbrook town line, uh, we have two end cap spaces available, pretty highly visible right up the street from the new market basket, which I believe just opened last week. Um, So there should be a lot more traffic coming out of Portland heading towards that market basket, which we should benefit from. Um, And uh, we can do some pretty economical deals there um In Marshfield, mass, we signed a deal with a tenant called Buckles and Boards, just a local ski and snowboard shop um, they 're taking a four thousand square foot space that 's at a, a Star market and Marshalls Anchorage Center. Both of those two anchors do really really well. We have a seven thousand square foot former family dollar available right next to the star market uh, would be great for pet supplies or any other you know traditional retailer's you know it's in really good condition could be turnkey for anybody that has a you know traditional retail shop. That's it for me. Uh, first of all,
7: shout out to Linear Retail. I see Rostov. He didn't tell us much. And I see Evan. Uh, got a COVID test last week at AFC Urgent Care, Waltham. Negative. So if you want to come hang out, I'm available. Don't worry, had no symptoms, but I did lie so that insurance would cover it. Little uh, little fact there. If you say you have symptoms, they'll cover it. If not, it's 160 bucks a pop. So. Do the old, (laughs) and you'll be good. Um, Anyway, getting back to stuff. Uh, Popeyes, I don't know who Merms did in Worcester. It must be a different franchisee, but my guy has 170 locations, second biggest in the chain. He's looking uh, in Rhode Island now, so wants to be super aggressive. Um, We're looking Rhode Island, Attleboro, Seekonk, all those markets south. Uh, Still wants to do the greater Boston area, so keep them in mind. Prefers to purchase, but will lease um bob's discount um they have a new small store concept they want to get one done around boston uh we're working with eden's in south bay but it's not done yet um also would consider burlington braintree i know i've talked to some people on this uh zoom um six to ten thousand square feet a little bit higher end uh probably not going to be called uh bob's discount probably gonna take the word discount out uh to be higher end um Listings, uh, we're picking up the former melting pot in Framingham, 5,500 square feet. Um, Doesn't need to be a former restaurant or it doesn't need to be a restaurant. It's owned by Descend of Diamonds, who's next door. They would even consider relocating. They would consider giving up the entire site. So um, we're gonna be blasting that out soon. Um, And then down in Hyannis, uh, we still have the Pier One with Kimco right up front, 9,000 square feet. Um, Ideally looking for one tenant Parking's a little tight up there so it would be tough to cut it up um, but uh, good
8: visibility coming to the center. Uh, that's all I got. Good morning everyone. Um, so we've uh, we've definitely noticed an uptick in activity. R- Riley Merritt with Beerberry, by the way. Um, definitely noticed an uptick in activity which has been good. We've got a couple deals at least. Um, nothing uh, no new deals to report. Hopefully I'll f- something something for you next time but uh, a couple of the spaces we're getting back. Um, relax the back in Newton, 55 Needham Street. The space is 2,250 square feet. And we'll, we'll have that uh, December 1st of this year. So um, certainly our priority is medical tenants, essential uses, um, but we'll be, uh, be open to pretty much anything. Um, we've, uh, we just got the Joseph A. Bank space back in Braintree at the South Shore place right across from the plaza there. It's 4,100 square feet. Um, we're open to dividing it in half. The dimensions are a little bit tough because it's only 40 feet of frontage by about 100 feet of depth. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it might be a little bit tight to divide, but, but open to users that are willing to take that on. Um, and then, uh. And then Arlington, we, we still have our, our two spaces there, 1,374 square foot hair cuttery. Um, so certainly looking for a, uh, they left a lot of ff e in that space. so looking for another salon to take that over. Um, and then the, uh, the former prime butcher shop, which is 3,300 square feet. Um, so that's, uh, that's what we're working on. That's all I got.
9: Good morning. Ferris, I'm glad to hear you're COVID free. Perhaps I should uh, make up a story and get tested too um so new deal yesterday i uh we signed a deal with victoria meat market which is a brazilian meat market they are going into broadway plaza in malden in the former halal food space so they have five locations and um they're in everett revere lynn peabody everywhere else and now they're opening in malden so um that'll be a good use in there And then in that same plaza, I do have the Metroflex space. They did never opened up. Um, we had some issues during construction. And so I have 38,000 square feet available, partially built out for a gym. Uh, the, the plumbing's done, the demo's done. So anybody has a 38,000 square foot user, let me know. In uh, um, In Medford Townline Plaza, which is the Crunch John Brewer Center, I have the former Iora Health space available. It's 6,000 square feet, beautifully built out for medical. I'm only gonna target medical. There's no way that we can um, redo this space and and lose all that. I mean, they left wheelchairs in there, crutches. Somebody could just take the keys and open. So it was formerly Iora Health, which was primary care, but we could do any type of medical use in there. um, And it's gorgeous. So if you have any medical mm-hmm. users, please let me know. And then in two other listings that I want to talk about in Stoneham, Redstone Plaza, there's Sato 2, which is an Asian restaurant right on Route 28. It, it looks a little separate from the center, but it, it's essentially a pad right on Main Street there. Uh, we could do a drive through with queuing, just had it um, drawn out by our studio department. So if any QSR, drive-through players, we can do that, about fifteen to 1,800 square feet. The, the building that's there now would, would ideally need to be demoed, it's not in the best condition. Uh, and then in Beverly, I'm getting the GNC space back, right on 1A Dodge Street, 1,100 square feet, great location in the center. This is the Shaw's Staples Blink Fitness Center. So the listings I wanna talk about today. Nice to see everybody's faces.
10: Um, Josh Kulak with CBRE. Uh, I will start with a couple listings. Um, first one is Franklin Village Plaza, which most of you have probably heard me talk about before, but um, owned by Cedar Realty Trust. Uh, one of their probably best centers right off of 495. Let's stop and shop and Marshall's Anchored. Um, just signed a lease with a after school group called Expressions Daycare. It's their second location. They have another one in Needham. Uh, They took 2,800 square feet. Um, For uh, availability, we have 2,500 square foot former firehouse subs, um, a couple other small shop spaces. And then um, we do have the ability to assemble about 16,000 square feet next to Marshall's by getting back the men's warehouse space. Um, so keep that in mind, the combined men's warehouse with a dress barn and a GameStop. Um, it's actually a really nice looking space. It's got like a hundred feet of frontage. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, another kind of portfolio of listings is the friendlies. Um, we blasted it out a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we have, I think we sent out six of them. We recently gave or five of them. We picked up a couple more. Um, so I'll- Now, um, we have Concord, New Hampshire, Laconia, New Hampshire, Rochester, Dover, New Hampshire, Manchester, New Hampshire, Uh, and then Massachusetts, we have Springfield, Seekonk, and Lee. Um, So, they vary in size from 2,500 square feet up to around 5,000. They're all pretty good sites. Um, Some of them are really good sites. So. If you have any restaurant users, uh, banks, urgent care, dental, um, cell phone, daycare, et cetera, um, keep in mind, I'm happy to send you all of the Berkshires if you want to take a look at them. And we seem to keep getting more as well. Um, so if, if there are certain friendlies that, that you had in mind, um, feel free to ask about them and we may be able to, to get those. Um, <clears throat> and then on the tenant side, uh, we just started working with a group called Vitality Bowls. So it's a new fast casual concept. Um, they focus on like pretty healthy superfood. They call it like a superfood cafe. Um, they look for 800 to 1500 square feet. They've got over 100 locations throughout the country. They're just starting to push into New England now. Um, so we're looking to start with two or three first. Um, Targeting Brookline and Newton for the first two, um, and they don't they don't need any grease traps or venting or anything like that. So it's a pretty clean requirement as far as, as food uses
1: go. Cool, Kulak, like, are they franchise driven or are they corporate stores? These
10: they'll be franchise driven. Okay.
1: Yeah,
10: franchise, he's a lo- local guy um, out of Newton. He seems to seems to be ready to go and seems to be pretty serious and qualified, so
5: for what that's worth. Fantastic. Hey, guys. Good morning. Travis Ginsburg Summit. It's good to see everybody. On the tenant rep side, few new deals, Tropical Smoothie Cafe has been very active. We did a deal with Ron Golub and Fall River at South Coast Marketplace, which is that big market basket anchor shopping center. We're at lease with one franchisee. We're at LOI stage with another franchisee and my chumps for franchisees picked up their permits and just started construction. We represented a group called Crumble Cookies doing their first New England store. They're kind of like insomnia cookies, effectively fresh baked cookies for in store and also delivery. We backfilled the Starbucks at the Loop in Methuen. They will be leaving their NCAP space and building a pad in the in the shopping uh, in the, the parking lot. So we took them, they're about 1800 square feet. Zoo Health Club um, has been very active in keeping us really busy. We're at least with two locations. We're at LOI with three more. Keep it in mind for New Hampshire, they look for about 20 to 30,000 square feet. We don't have any active markets that we're looking at specifically, but they're looking for deals. Uh, they're definitely not big rent pairs, but they're good operators. I have two franchisees, one is the main operator who has all eight locations currently. He's really the one that's doing the most expansion. Um, so again, keep it in mind for New Hampshire, but, but they're definitely active. New listings in Bedford, New Hampshire, we just sent a blast out the other day, 33 and 35 South River Road, which is right in the heart of everything. It's two residential homes that are next to each other. Right next to the shopping center with T bones kind of in the heart of, of South River effectively we can put together about an acre. It's 0. 0.92 acres. We're looking to a, a land lease there. Pulled up a couple concepts looks like we can fit 3500 square feet with a drive through looking for banks QSRs, you know, anything logical for for South River. That's it for me
11: just had a lease on yesterday for the chilies in Danvers at Danvers crossing, worked on that with Andy white from national commercial, a group called Torito. So that was exciting. Um, great clips in Norwood, 1050 square foot former hair cuttery open this weekend. Um, yoga sticks deal in Kingston that I worked on with Sam Coots, Coons from Atlantic. Um, those were all post COVID and um, we do it. The yoga stick space was a subdivide of a former gym space at Kingsbury Square in Kingston, Mass. We have the end cap now available, 1,640 square feet. I'll be calling Travis later to see about Tropical Smoothie. Um, Another recent deal, Big Lots in Dennisport opened a couple of weeks ago. That was started pre-COVID, but I worked on that with Andrew Bonica, which is always a pleasure. When you have a A broker that tells your landlord his deal is like a unicorn in the sky and he needs to accept it. It's always amusing. Um, New opportunities, we have the Ann and Hope space back at West Meadow Plaza on Route 9 in Westboro, 26,388 square feet with Ocean State job lot tractor supply and Dollar Tree. And at Hornpon Plaza in Wuben, we have the former yoga workspace, 2550. It's a beautiful space with skylights. You um, can do a nail salon. We could do yoga or boutique fitness. We do have an Orange Theory. And we are also um, have the Fit Factory space back there, 34,000 square feet, the former toys box that was subdivided. Uh, probably have a blast going out next week, so you guys will see it. But... Please keep it in mind if um, it's a beautiful center and you Whole Foods on the Woobin-Winchester line. Spaces, they didn't start their build out, but, um, but the, the building's all renovated and looks beautiful. So um, that's it for me. Thanks, everybody.
12: Hi, good morning. Uh, Josh Cedia from JMJ Commercial Realty. Uh, I just have two listings I wanted to share. Um, Two new listings, one is um, 719 Washington Street in Canton. It's in downtown Canton, uh, about 1800 square feet. It was previously a convenience store and uh, ice cream shop and um, great space. It's right next to the commuter rail. Um, It actually can be for retail or for office um, and it could be for lease or for sale. So a lot of flexibility, but uh, great parking, great location. Um, I also have um, uh, commercial land for sale in Sutton. It's um, a little over 26 acres and it's on um, Route 146 just in between uh, Worcester and Providence and um, uh, that's a new listing as well. So just wanted to share those two things. Thanks.
13: Thank you, Mike. Um, good to see everybody. It's Josh Rowe with Black Belt Retail Group. Um, Couple landlord requirements up in Plastow, New Hampshire. We just got back the Moe's space on 125. It's about 2,300 square feet. Um, right on the Plastow, Haverhill line, great visibility, um, great infrastructure if anybody has like a fast casual user that would uh, be interested in that market. Um, in Stoughton and Rainham at the linear sites, I got two uh, former hair users. I got a hair cuttery in Stoughton and a local guy named Procuts um, that's in Rainham. Um, they're both around 13, 1400 square feet. In Raynham, I also have a former T Mobile space that is available. I just came available. Um, and as far as tenants, tenant stuff I'm working on, um, Muya is active. It's the Mansfield franchisee. He's looking anywhere south from Hanover up into Boston. Uh, the requirement has kind of changed in COVID times. They're looking more around 12 to 1500 square feet. They're really focusing on takeout. Um, maybe a couple high top tables in there, but they're really going to try to um, do some curbside deli- curbside pickup. So if anybody has any sites around Boston or um, some great markets south of Boston, pretty much from from Hanover, Mass up um, towards Boston, that would be great. If you can send them over, um, we're looking at sites now, and that's what I have for today. Thanks.
14: All right, there we go. Uh, good morning, Evan Eisenhart, Linear Retail Properties. Um, So we've been pretty fortunate during this period of time. We've had a pretty robust pipeline and we've closed about seven, signed seven leases in the last couple of months. And then we've got a couple more. Um, Of those new deals, uh, one of them was Five Guys in North Andover. They took one of our former J. Jill space, uh, which is a 2,800 square foot end cap. Um, So just as we filled the center up here, one has closed. And now we have the Joseph A. Bank space back. So we are marketing both of those, Pier 1 is about 9,700 square feet, subdividable, we have subdivision plans if anybody's uh, interested in smaller shop space. And we have um, close to 5,000 square foot former Joseph A. Bank space, which is also subdivisible. And if you don't know the site, we're on Route 114 in North Andover. Um, our, our other tenants include Staples, Burton's, we have three fitness uses, we have title boxing, a Pure Bar, um, title boxing, Pure Bar, and the Club Pilates at a bunch of restaurants and the, the fast the food scene outside of the COVID period, it's pretty, pretty strong sales for, for food. So if you like to be near food or if you have a tenant that wants to um, let us know. Um, we may be able to do more food if you have a food operator interested. It's just really gonna come down to parking. North Andover is a little, they require usually special permits for parking regardless. But let us know and we'll happy to, to talk through it. Uh, the other site I wanna talk about is our Salem, New Hampshire property. Um, we are right across from the Tuscan Village projects uh, on South Broadway, 125 South Broadway. We, uh, we got that Pier 1 space back and that Joseph A. Bank space back as well. So that Pier 1 is around 8,700 square feet and that Joseph A. Banks around 4,500. Um, again, we may be able to subdivide. Um, you know, it's a strong center, Adelaide intersection across the new Tuscan development and, and the mall. Um, so if you have anybody interested on in that, let us know. And then the last one, Manchester, New Hampshire. Out of the seven deals we've signed, four of them were actually Manchester, New Hampshire on Hookset Road. Um, so we yeah. have uh we did a pliables deal, which is a fast casual, healthy food concept. We did a Rap City deal, which is a kind of more of an upscale fast casual sandwich concept. Um Sperry Vaness, the local you know brokerage company up there, did a deal with us directly. So they're gonna have an office with us, and so we have a salon. So that leaves us with just one space left. We have the former Popper Geno's cap right up on Hookset Road um, available. And again, if you don't know this site, it's this the north side of Manchester, about a quarter mile off of Route 93 in the north end section, which is where the wealth is. I'm um, just north of like Elm Street and in the downtown area. Um, so there's a, there's a commu- it's basically a commuter path from everybody coming northbound down to downtown Manchester. Um, so I'll have the end cap and then we do own the dirt next door. We have a 1.3 acre pad site that we'll, we can do a ground lease. We may be considering build the suit depending on the tenant. So if you have anybody looking for land, um, let us know. That's it. Good morning, guys. Uh, I think I'm the last one of the day, so I'll
15: keep it pretty quick. Um, Waterbury, Connecticut, uh, 158 Manor Road. We have a former Dunkin' Donuts, 2100 square feet with a drive through um, as well as 400 square foot inline space next to Domino's. Uh, Danvers Crossing on Route One. um, We have a former Ann and Hope space available for lease. 40,000 square foot box. Also, have the former Monkey Joe's 15,000 square foot junior box, as well as a couple inline spaces, 2,000 square feet to 10,000 square feet. Um, And in Enfield, Connecticut, Brookfield Plaza um, have signed deals with Burlington. as well as Chase Bank on the pad. Um, and we have a few inline spaces available, 8,000 square feet, 7,600 7, square feet, and 1,600 square feet. Uh, and one last tenant requirement I'm working on with Josh Kulak on our team. Uh, we're working with an Indian grocery marts, uh, looking for five to 6,000 square feet in the Woolburn Stoneham area, if anyone has anything available. So.
1: Awesome. All right, did anyone that's on not get to share? Did I miss anybody? And if not, we're gonna go, uh, I'm gonna click to have everybody come off mute and then uh, turn this into a melee. <laughs> all right, so I think this, this is a good opportunity for all of us to chime in, say what uh, what we're hearing out there. And I think one thing that we've all discussed and Kudos to all of you. You're not sitting around watching TikTok all day. Uh, we're getting stuff done. That's awesome. And let's keep it going. But uh, I think Vivian, you mentioned that you were seeing a, an uptick on inquiries, particularly from LoopNet. In terms of like the mm-hmm. quality of inquiries that we're all seeing, are you seeing, you know, mom and pops, people come out of the woodwork? Or are you seeing national tenants?
3: It's mostly mom and pops, of course. And I would say like 50% of them do fall through, but that's typical of all of us. So at least we have a higher percentage that are like kind of lead to something a little bit. Um, With the nail salon stuff, even we've been targeting nail salons, but I've been getting it a lot of people reaching out for wayside for nail salons and for just any kind of like, I guess like I've gotten, yeah, hair salon type of things for there. And then, um, and then I'm thinking, yeah, and of course Herbalife shakes people, but it's mostly local. Try to think, and also dental. Dental is good too. A local dental that I'm working with in Wayside. But
1: sure, yeah. is anybody <laughs> yeah. at- It's typical.
3: Yeah, it's typical loop next.
1: Has anyone gotten traction with any of these Herbalife Nutrition Club operators? Because <laughs> it seems like <sighs> a big old scam to me. Deal I with think them we're. In, um... I think we're
3: getting close. In Bristol, we have something that we've been dealing with them in Bristol, and I think we dealt with them in Hunt River, very close to closing deals with both, but not, but I'm on your page, I think it's a scam, and it's the total Ponzi scheme.
11: (laughs) Michael, I did one in Kingston, I mean in Hanover, that that did a nice job, and still doing great, it was probably four years ago though, but I get calls for Kingston from them a lot, which I'm sure you do too, right Michael?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
11: Yeah.
12: I did one in Brockton uh, last year and uh, they did a nice job with it as well.
1: Mm. Okay. So what's everybody seeing out there for, um, you know, who's, who's growing, who's not um, any good news out
16: there. I'm doing a fidelity deal in Littleton. So I'm excited about that quality tenant. Hey Lori. Hey. How many square feet do they take, Sorry. Um, About 5,000.
1: Uh, does Tyler Alexander still represent them? Yep. Okay.
16: So I think that's been good. And similar to what Vivian said, I feel like I am getting a lot of initial inquiries. Um, still some banks who are doing things. Um, a little bit of medical. I've heard from the WAX people from Lunchbox and also um, European WAX centers and working on a reload in Hingham. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not going to say the name in case they're in anybody's center, but um, working on a relo in Hingham for a small tenant. But I do still have um, two end caps in Hingham that I'm looking to fill. Ferris, I might call you. We could do a Popeye there.
7: Only if you show your face.
16: I will, but just not now. <laughs> Trust me. It's better for everyone this way right now.
7: <laughs> yeah, you know what? Katie said it's really texting the same thing. Oh, You, you guys are all hiding.
5: <laughs> Josh Ferris, is- why? Yeah, Ferris okay. why do you want to see people's faces so bad? Like, that's kind of creepy. I'm not going to lie. Well, Monica,
7: it's been six months of this uh, pandemic, if you haven't heard, and it's nice to see people, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's nice to meet uh, first so. time, Rise and Grind member. Thanks for coming. <laughs> hey, first time, first time, long time. Hey, Brandon, can you just
1: mute him, please? Why would I want to do that? All right, so here's the real kicker. What are we all seeing with rents? A rent's holding firm. A rent's uh, taking a little bit of a dive. Or are we just offsetting it with TI?
16: I think rents are, are definitely going down. Um, but I, I feel like I'm still kind of figuring it out on a case-by-case basis, center-by-center. Um, so I'd be interested to hear what other people are, are seeing.
14: We, we, we've done a fair amount of deals so far, and we haven't seen our rents go down yet um what we are doing though is because we're in the middle of covid still we are making adjustments at least to the first year so that's been the trade so we're getting a lot of inquiries saying oh rents are down the market has shifted we just don't know and you know, the dust hasn't settled yet we don't know
16: yeah
14: are gonna be able to thrive and you know from the future we don't. i know full service restaurants yeah they can't pay the, they won't be able to pay the same rents at least in the not so distant future but i don't think they're active doing deals and I think food service has been hit the hardest just because of the nature of their operations um, and the, the limited capacity. But you know, we, suburban-wise, urban, I think is comp- my opinion is completely different. I think the, the rents are starting to get depressed you know, in Boston, but suburban, it's been very interesting. We, we've a lot of the deals that we've signed were we started before COVID. They got put on pause for about a month or so, and then they picked right back up with very minimal changes and nothing was changed on the rent with the exception of maybe some rent relief in the first year, you know, to step it up depending on where, you know, what time, time of year they opened. So that's the only concession that we've been making that's been reasonable that the retailers seem to be fine with. Um, but again, I think in our portfolio, we've got a lot of essential necessity based retailers. We're seeing that, um, you know, there's a lot of retailers that either have that, nimbleness or the ability to do online ordering or have some kind of, um, you know, internet platform or drive-throughs, their, their, their sales are pretty robust and doing pretty well now. So which has been pretty, pretty positive to see. Um, but at least within our portfolio, we haven't, we haven't seen the rents go down yet suburban wise, but who knows, you know, every month that passes, things may change. And
1: I had a couple of deals that were either signed LOIs at least, pre-COVID and kind of in the thick of this they got retraded and I think the angle from the well the tenant for the most part was I'm looking for long-term relief and we pushed back and gave them some kind of short-term relief on the front end but really didn't give much on the back end so call it within the first 24 months of any given lease and I think one of them got whacked 20 percent but, you know, we made, it, we made it back on the back end. And that's kind of what I'm seeing all across the board is short-term relief. With any luck, this isn't a long-term systemic problem that's going to take rents out of whack for a really long time. But, you know, part of me thinks it's too early to tell. We haven't seen vacancies creep up. And, you know, I'd love to hear what all you have to say about that. Do um, so feel like there's more vacancy that's coming
0: down the pike? So, I, can, I can know that, I mean, and what Evan said is kind of spot on. Urban-wise, I mean, we walked up and down Newberry Street. I mean, there are over 80-plus vacancies, not including some of the walk-downs. Um, so, I think that urban-wise, it's definitely going to be the hardest, take the hardest hit. Also, just reading from New York to also – Boston, as well, uh, for the people that are you know, living in the city. Uh, vacancy rates in New York for rentals in the city are over 25%. And in Boston, uh, I'm seeing them climb as well. And I think that's going to, I know some companies haven't even renewed their office leases downtown, and some of them just terminated them completely and have more people working remote. So I think suburban wise, the residential is absolutely on fire. People are moving out. So all I've been hearing from everyone is that they've been closing a lot of suburban deals, but urban wise, it doesn't sound like really much is kicking. Uh, and then in terms of just my own tenants that, you know, we've been running around with as well as some of the landlords we represent, I think tenants are definitely being a little bit more bullish on rent and landlords are being more accepting to a little bit, maybe of a lower rent. Um, but it hasn't been something that we've been seeing across the board where rents have been really that much lower. I think tenants are thinking that they're in the driver's seat and are able to call all the shots, which for some, they they might be. <laughs> Fair enough.
4: I think we're going to see a big conversion of some of the suburban sit-down restaurant space. I mean, if come this fall when everything gets forced inside, if we're not seeing an uptick in indoor diners, yeah, I think some of these folks are just and if their landlords won't continue to give them relief they're they're not going to make it so I think ultimately a landlord will have to decide like, do I want a restaurant in my center and, you know, people are going out to eat for maybe the next year or two, in the same kind of volume that they were, or should I go with a medical use like a dentist or urgent care or some other retailer, that's more essential where they might be able to get a higher rent. So I think it's, to some extent, like still going to be. Figured out over the next year um, as more and more of these spaces come available, and what the use ends up being.
14: Um, to understand the full service. That I've, the, our tenants and other people I've been talking to, if they have the ability, and the landlord's been amenable to having outdoor dining, they're doing fairly well. I mean, we're in the summer months. I think the winter and fall are really going to be telling of their survival because they're not going to be able to be able to have that flexibility to keep the seats that they've been able to have outdoors. In the, as the weather changes, um, but we've got a f- couple of full-service restaurants that have really, you know, refined their takeout business and have their sales have increased accordingly. But I think the weather in New England is going to really show, or, or is really going to weed out these restaurants. I think the the lack of outdoor seating is going to is going to probably hurt like maybe thirty to forty percent of these these restaurants that have been relying on that outdoor seating to survive during this time or or maintain their sales that they had before, so.
2: I had a uh, conference call with Robert Walker from 110 Grill the other day. He said something interesting. He said his New Hampshire stores were doing better than they were this time last year, um, but his Massachusetts stores are much worse. And, you know, he thought it had to do with um, just, you know, Massachusetts being more of a blue state is what he said, closer, you know, people more cautious about the virus and uh, New Hampshire less so, which was interesting.
9: I, I think um, to echo the the Burbs comment, if you have great real estate in the Burbs, then then the rents aren't changing. And and I've gotten some spaces back that we historically would never have had back, like the Applebee's in Chelmsford, and we're not we're not going to go backwards on rent because the demand is huge for it. Whereas uh, you know some of the other suburban centers, if if there's a ton of vacancy up and down the street then we have to you know really look at our rents what we were asking for before but in in some of these other centers where there isn't a ton of vacancy and it's great real estate we're not we're not backwards right and liquor stores are cranking obviously <laughs> they're up like
12: Entries too yeah i'm just wondering are you guys seeing anything with um national tenants with maybe corporate guarantees that are choosing not to pay rent for a period of time?
1: Um, I've got a laundry list of them. I think
9: I have seen people people on the, on some LOIs that were out then they've gone back now and obviously retrading. But part of the retrade is, is, is changing the corporate guarantee whether it burns off quicker or they've asked to not sign the deal. So that's, that's a little concerning, obviously.
1: Well, I mean, with that, Lindsay, do you feel like some of the retrade deals that were cut earlier on into the pandemic are now kind of hitting a point of they're supposed to kick in and frankly things haven't come around and thus those deals that were, you know, renegotiated or you put some kind of deferral in place now the rubber's meeting the road and you're retrading it yet again?
9: Yeah, I think the cycle, I mean, LOIs are retrading or even the rent relief and deferrals. You're, you had your probably three month period where everybody thought after these three months, then hopefully we'll go back to normal and we'll be open up again. And now they're not seeing that. So it's gonna cycle again. I, I, a lot of the stuff that, that I had out, either they tried to retrade it, it was just so, so obnoxious that we weren't gonna do it. Or it's just completely on hold and still on hold. And whether it's a franchise-based or, or corporate, they're just waiting until it, the dust settles a little bit more.
1: I mean, I have some tenants <laughs> still haven't managed to negotiate their rent relief from March, mm-hmm. and these are not, you know, the Bed Bath and Beyonds of the world. They're the furthest thing from, and it's it's kind of absurd, but. where we are. Anybody having similar issues?
6: I've heard from a lot of landlords I've spoken with the same thing that you would think the nationals would be the ones paying and that's why we used to call them credit tenants and look for them being our deals but now it seems like a lot of the independent ones are that might be their livelihood are making extra effort to get their rents paid And a lot of the bigger credit tenants are saying, screw you, we're a big tenant, you know, fight us in court. So, and I've heard that from five or six different landlords and some brokers. So I think it's kind of, I don't know what you guys are hearing, but that's what I've seen across the board.
1: I think that's spot on. I mean, I think um, for the most part, you know, with exception to the dollar trees of the world and a lot of the essential businesses that are you know, let's call it non-apparel and non-discretionary spending. I mean, some of those big national tenants are, they're in big trouble. And I think they're focusing the vast majority of their efforts on either, you know, um, making their current portfolio either efficient or frankly solvent or retooling it so that, um, you know, they're in better real estate. But outside of that, you know, they're just not in a position to, put their foot on the gas and grow even though fundamentally now is the best time to do it
14: yeah but a lot so what we're seeing the nationals as rick said in our portfolio it's the mom and pops and the regionals that are like stepping up and paying their rent and finding a way to operate and stay cash flow positive it's the nationals that are holding their breath stomping their feet saying they're not going to pay and the ones are the worst they're cash flow, they're, they're healthy you know we've got a number of healthy nationals that are just like we're not paying you I'm like okay which is unfortunate because you know, as a landlord, you wanna to try to be a responsible landlord and keep your, maintain your relationships with your tenants. And when we're helping out and really spending our capital to help out our locals, when we have the nationals that just refuse to pay, it's just it's frustrating. You know? the one thing is that when we are working with them, we are trying to, if we're gonna give them anything, it's not that they need it, but we're trying to retrade or, or re, reposition the existing leases that we have and maybe get some things back that we negotiated initially, that we want, you know, that we had to give in the deal initially, that we may be able to get back out of the lease, whether it's restrictions, use restrictions, operating covenants. Um, so that's kind of been our strategy as we're even considering those type of rent abatement or rent relief requests with our kind of national credit tenants. Sure. Um.
1: So we think, you know, rent relief. Clearly, it's we're on to phase two. not. So, extent um you know where are we going from here i mean vacancies maybe they're coming back some spaces coming back what to do with full service sit down restaurants um you know to the extent that fitness is coming back i mean evan i know you've got a bunch of orange theories in your portfolio and like boutique fitness was was really hot for a while. They're still kind of cranking out deals, but I think those have kind of subsided a little bit. Are those guys coming back? Are their business models sustaining?
14: The operators that we have, the, the, um, it's the larger format gyms that are struggling because people just don't want to be in that environment. The good thing is like the lower price point ones that are $9.99 a month or $19, they have been doing okay because people just have left their memberships and not have to ask for it to be on hold or frozen. Um, but we've been fortunate with most, not all of our kind of boutique fitness operators that they've either had an online platform or developed one during this period of time and their sales and their, their overall growth sales haven't been the same as they was before, but they were either maintain their memberships at a reduced rate through this time um, and limit some of their overhead. You know, they weren't operating within their space. So they're doing okay, uh, but it's not sustainable. Um, now that you can bring people back into the fitness classes, they're limited to half the amount of people or less, depending on you know, the size of the space that they could have before. So they're leveraging their, whatever online platform they had or created more so than ever. Um, but it's interesting. We don't know. I think it's still early on so far. They've been okay that we've seen within our portfolio.
7: Right. So I have a bunch of fitness guys. So by, um, and I know Cass, Cass was on, um, I think she's still on, but, We have two Planet fitness groups um, and they were both gung-ho about growing, you know, early on in COVID, take advantage of all the ones that were going to close. They're still very bullish on the model planet fitness, but the Massachusetts ones especially have been hit a lot harder than they thought with cancellations Um, from when they reopened just people. And then the beginning of each week or when they, when they hit people's credit cards or bank accounts, there's always a wave of cancellation. So it's starting to peter out, but they've put any real new growth on hold until they're able to, you know, plateau it. Um, long term, they still think they'll be able to take advantage of a lot of the things, but um, and Massachusetts especially has been hit hard. One of our guys has Salem, New Hampshire, and that's been hit uh, a lot less hard. I think it might even be pretty break-even between cancellations of new members, so I think that speaks to the New Hampshire. Like, I don't think New Hampshire requires masks when you work out, and masks might. So there's, there's a big discrepancy guy. over the border. Um, so long term, I think they'll still be fine, and they're going to, but it's just, they're not looking to take advantage of deals now. It's probably get through the next six
14: to 12 months and then go from there. Um, Cass is first term hey guys, the truth? Or is he just, I, <laughs>
17: of I turned the camera on. I'm actually on, <laughs> sitting in a hammock today, but I couldn't miss this. So pardon Love the uh, casual appearance. Um, no, I echo the same thing as, as John. Um, I don't think anybody is not not doing deals. Just things are uh, temporarily on hold as member degradation, hopefully, uh, plateaus and uh, starts an uptick in the opposite direction. Massachusetts was extra tough. I mean reopening for gyms was not until phase three, unlike some other states, so it, it took longer. You're right, New Hampshire, you don't have to wear a mask throughout your entire workout, but I think we'll, we'll all see a better sense of um, what member comfort will look like once a vaccine is rolled out. There, there's a large population, that is, whether high-risk or otherwise, just flat out not comfortable um, being in a large assembly type of space, which, I know it or not, probably is one of the cleanest spaces you can actually be in now outside of hospitals and things of that nature. But getting the comfort around that and all of the marketing has to create a better uptick before we really start hitting deals heavy again. Um, Just to speak on my end, and I think a lot of other franchisees are probably doing this, for those deals that uh, I wrote to have opened this year, um, we have paused on construction. I'm not retrading any of the deals in terms of the economics. It's just pushing out delivery dates so that construction cannot uh, be held off for a little bit and not opening in what may potentially be a second resurgence. And uh, we certainly hope that's not the case.
1: Great. Anybody else have anything,
6: anything they want to... have a follow-up statement on that. I think the problem isn't that, because my friend owns a gym in New York, and New York's, they didn't let gym's open yet, and his place, like, is super clean, and it was inspected by some medical company that says it's clean in the hospital. But I think people's fears are, yeah, the place is clean, but what if, you know, some dorks come in who know they're sick or aren't clean or whatever, and don't take care of themselves while they're in there then all the good you've done by having a nice clean sanitary gym is out the window I mean that's why I haven't gone back to my gym because I trust them but I don't trust the other people around you know it's just like colleges they're opening up the colleges saying oh that's great everyone's going to come and live in their dorm and study and not go to parties and then what do you see right the first thing is they all have parties and pass it on to everybody so it's I think that's the big unknown is not what is the facility like, but what are the people like who are going to be there? And I don't know about you, but in my big gym, I don't know everybody who's there. So just my own personal
13: opinion.
1: Well, that's fair. I mean, I think the, it's like driving, you know, it's, it's the other damn fool. And I i don't know when we're going to achieve a, some point of where everybody's comfortable with everybody else or frankly not to sound really morbid but if ever i mean there's, there's gonna be some some odd systemic changes that come out of this that are going to persist and i don't know what the hell they're going to look like but um you know it's
13: more yeah.
8: has out. anyone has anyone on this call gone back to their gym or, or fitness class I, I, I haven't.
17: I have. Yeah, and purposely to test out what people are doing in the planets, not just our staff, but how the general public is responding and um, if there are any frustrations with mask use and otherwise. And I mean, I think it's, it's a 50-50 that some are going above and beyond to um, clean up after and before themselves and pay attention to social fitnessing and distance, and then others just could care less. It's it's an interesting experience,
6: and that's what screws up the whole model, you know. If all it takes is one or two bad people who have are asymptomatic, you know, and they spread it to everybody. So, I think on the on the positive side, you know, there's so much talk about from different companies about the vaccine that I think it might not be the hardest vaccine to be made, Um, and I think it's going to be done fairly quickly. And I think it's a game changer. I think once that's done and people feel like it's really working, we're going to start moving back to all different types of businesses um, back to normal. People forget stuff easy, you know, and they go back to the routine. But to me, I think we could be in this a long time until we actually get, you know, a vaccine that's, that's out there. But I think that that's not too far away.
1: Right, so let's let's just say for the to argument, a physics, sorry. Rick, let's just say for the sake of argument that you know wide distribution of that is six months out. You know, six months from now brings us to the tail end of the holiday season, where, you know, for, for the most part, traditional retail, that's game time. And with Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever, all all your major holidays falling in the tail end of that and theoretically under whatever um, herd immunization looks like, we're gonna see a lot more pain from a lot of retailers and a lot more creative thinking on you know our clients and, and our respective behalves to triage a lot of shopping centers and and get our tenants through the over the hump and potentially a, a lot more vacancy. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Michael. I mean, I think these deferral agreements that all the landlords are working on, it's just kicking the can down the road, really. It's not not really tackling the problem right now. It's just let's let's deal with it later. Let's get reopened first, and let's hope we can uh, figure it out later. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them won't be able to figure it out. There'll be a lot more vacancy six months from now so I mean I haven't seen too many of my stores close maybe a couple here and there but you know there's like 30 that I'm tracking as potential failures inside a year so
1: now is that based off of like account receivables yeah
11: exactly
2: yeah like what how much how much they owe and how much their business has been impacted I mean if they request a deferral we ask for a whole bunch of financial statements to see just how bad their business has been hit if they're open, you know, what kind of sales they are doing now. And, you know, a lot of it's not pretty. So it really depends on the business type. I think obviously
1: well, more work for us to do, I guess. Yep. Well, I think unless everybody has anything else to go through, let's, uh, let's get back after it and go to our regularly scheduled program of getting deals done. But um, so our next meeting, well, of this ilk, no doubt, will be September seventeenth, third Thursday of September. And it'll probably be this format. We're inevitably gonna have a kind of speaker like we did last time through. But um, you know, for friends and colleagues of all of ours that weren't able to join us today or frankly just couldn't write down the number of deals done fast enough. All this stuff will be posted on our YouTube channel. You can find it on Spotify and your Podcasts. So thanks everybody for joining and um stay
0: well.
11: See you guys. Thanks
17: for all you guys do. Appreciate it. Bye.